Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you on another beautiful day in Louisville and Kentucky. It's a warm one. Plenty to talk about on today's show. We're still kind of, it seems like it's a, a domino effect where things we want to talk about one day get pushed to the next day. Uh, so still still plenty to talk about that we didn't get to yesterday. We spent a lot of time st- talking Star Wars and even a little Cinco de Mayo. Trevor, no holidays today, right? Not that I know of other than it's hump day. Does that count? It doesn't count. Uh, do, you, do you have any hump day music? I do not, and I promise uh, for all the uh, diehard Kentucky fans out there that want to actually hear your topics that you, I've distracted you on for the last 48 hours of shows, I, uh, I will do my best not to distract you today. Well, I'll send you on a different path of pop culture and uh, nonsense mixed with uh, sex and drugs. Well, it, well, here's the here's the thing is uh, we we are a day late on some of those. So, um, so if you if you if there's anything that comes to your mind, Trevor, don't hesitate. I'm not one to try to shut you up. Okay. No, you couldn't if you tried, TJ. You know that. I'm the one with the power over here. I got the DJ power. I got the muting ability. Well, that's true. You're you're right about that. DJ uh, picked so, our outro music today, by the way. Who did? Mr. Yates. Why why did he why did he do that? Because I was lazy and I texted him and asked him for a uh, musical theme for the day. All right. Well, so a little. It's it's almost like Ask Yates Wednesday. You sound nervous a little bit, by the way, in your response to my uh, telling you this news. I well, Yates did. I was I, I liked Yates music more than I like yours. I don't know if I should be offended by that or complimented. I'm a little bit of both. I, I shouldn't. Yeah, I guess you probably shouldn't be either. I, I don't like your music, so I guess maybe you should be offended to that. And uh, I was okay with Yates, so that's more of a compliment to Yates. Well, it's, I think it is a compliment because, like I told Captain Arctic uh, the other day, who asked me about the kids and what is cool nowadays, I'm at the age where I'm no longer cool and I'm glad for it. What? I don't. Why would you be glad about that? Because what's cool is stupid. Well, I bet you weren't saying that back when you were cool. Hey, it's well, you know, I don't know if I was ever really cool, TJ. That's the problem. But when I was at least cool in my own mind, it was cool then. It's not cool now. Speaking of cool, I started watching Entourage again. And Trevor, I'm sure you watched Entourage. Uh, yes, I did. Even I even that's one of the shows I stuck with, even when it did somewhat start jumping the shark in the later episode, later seasons. You know, I thought the later seasons were debatably better than some of the early ones. I, I mean, the real early ones. Well, they but, were they were just a repeat. After like the third or fourth season, it started kind of doing the same thing again. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, you're right about that. Uh, but I, <clears throat> so watching, I, I I didn't remember the first season um, while I'm while I'm watching it right now. But first off, they really grew into acting. A lot of these guys, the the acting at the beginning of this season is not very good. Um, just pretty much everybody, for the most part, uh, not 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 their best acting performances. They get better as the seasons go on. But the guy that pl- Adrian Grainer had had some acting under his belt, and so did the guy that played E. He was on a couple of television shows before Entourage. Yeah, the other just- two I don't remember. I don't remember if. Um- a turtle, or uh, I can't believe I'm drawing a complete blank on the brother's name. The drama, Victor. yeah, drama. Vic- I'm sitting, there, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, thinking victory in my head. Yeah, drama. I don't remember if those two were in, in much before Entourage. Well, it, it's 
I think E was pretty bad. Turtle's terrible. Drama's not very good, but he kind of plays that goofy role, so it's it's tougher to tell. Uh, but he, th- this show is it's fun. It's it's exciting to watch. I'm probably going to watch it all again with the movie coming out. But it is probably one of the more unrealistic shows on HBO, uh, and that that comes from me saying that where my favorite HBO show has to do with dragons and witches and uh, this and that. You're also comparing it to True Blood, which has vampires. Yep, and vampires and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, what's that show that was on last summer that everybody thought was really weird and I actually kind of liked? I can't think of it right now off the top of my head. Drawing a blank on it. It was the first season of it. I'll think of it here in a second. Uh, and, and that shows complete it, where the whole population goes missing. But no, two, 2% of the population goes missing. Anyways, uh, Entourage, there are just no ugly girls in the show. That bothers here, you? No, it doesn't. Well, it kind of from a this isn't realistic standpoint. And my girl Hannah's never seen it before and she was saying well maybe just out in LA there's a lot of attractive people maybe there's more attractive people out in LA but I've been to LA and there are plenty of unattractive people if you think that's unrealistic you should never watch Californication well I I haven't so I I guess I I, you know maybe I will I'm not gonna let you tell me what to do but it is (laughs) it is completely unreal I mean just even like one scene even when they have Hundreds of extras. You just don't even see an overweight person in the background. Have you? Because this has become a uh, a priority of yours now to to find one fugly person in the entourage uh, world. I think I think later in the season, don't they have? Who's the girl that used to be in all that? I didn't watch all that. That's a little uh, behind my generation. It's the lady and oh man, she's in it and and she's not the most attractive person. She's okay. She's you know she's got a good personality, uh, it, it, and I think there's some here and there, but less than two percent of everyone in that show is uh, is unattractive, which is just a, a stupid ratio. Would you prefer uh, a bunch of ugly people walking around? No, but I'd enjoy. I would be able to buy into the show more if it was actually like real life. But would would you would you I mean is there many many ugly people in uh, Game of Thrones? I know the blonde girl I saw yeah, on the one episode pl- was pretty hot. There's plenty, and you see a lot of them naked, boys and girls. <laughs> and uh, how do you like that? I, 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 hey, and uh, by the way, I did research, and uh, there is proof that there is absolutely no marijuana in Game of Thrones world. Me and Yates spent a couple hours looking it up one night. Okay, I, I told you that there wasn't. It's not that I didn't believe you. It just I didn't believe you. Well, that's what you get. Clayby116 says, The growing into acting seems to happen in into every show. Seems the first seasons, they're bad compared to the last seasons. And that's probably natural. I'm sure my first few radio shows weren't as good as where they are now. And not that they're, that's, that's saying something. Uh, that's really saying something. But also, I think you kind of, they kind of build their character and who they are as their character, so you buy into it more. Where early on, they don't even really know who their character is, so it's easier for them to act once they have a, a background. And here we are again, Trevor, first 12 minutes. Not a, not a, a single mention of sports. No, you did say welcome to the sports talker at the beginning. That's somewhat kind of a sports mention. I don't even feel all that bad about it now because that's what I think people kind of know what they're getting into. Captain Arctic said, 
here we go again when we got into the talk. All right, so we'll. I think most people are just ha- thankful as long as it's not soccer. They could really, they're just going to be happy for what they get. Uh, they better get over it because we're going to be doing soccer <laughs> throughout the soccer season. Uh, we talked a lot of soccer last summer for the World Cup. Yeah, but that's the that, World Cup. Yeah, this is Louisville FC. How do you argue with that kind of uh, logic? Thank you. <laughs> better not to. So Rivals released their team rankings for 2015. Uh, interesting. And, and I don't I don't have a say in the team rankings. That's all our national guy. I think he does uh, as good as a job, if not better than anybody, when it comes to evaluating talent and, and, and doing ranking the top 150 players. I think all the major networks have, have come out with their final top, top 25. Now it goes into the team ranking. I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with Duke being number one. They probably should be. They've got four players in the top 25, and all of them expected to make a big impact for Duke and, and probably need to make a big impact for Duke. I'm okay with that. Now, I do disagree. They had Arizona number two, UK number three. Now, I would swap those around. Arizona has four players in the top 32, but no players in the top 10. Kentucky has three players in the top 52 in the top 10. I think I'm going to take quality in that aspect over quantity. And also you've got a a four-star in Michael Mulder who's not ranked, but probably would likely be within the top 60 if if ranked. So I I disagree with that. I think I'd, I'd put Kentucky number two, and not too far behind Duke. Obviously, Duke should and rightfully should, so should be number one. Now, if Kentucky could add Jamal Murray, or even if they uh, could add our boy LeGerald Vick, and this is coming from, again, LaTerry Walker, then I think Kentucky easily should should move past Arizona and, and probably still be behind Duke, but not too far behind Duke. And I know you don't follow recruiting, Trevor, Arizona's got Alonzo Trier, who's going to be fantastic. He's a scorer, really, really a good player that Louisville was on big time. Uh, Kentucky kind of reached out here and there, but never really fully committed because they wanted Malik Newman, and then they wanted Antonio Blankney, and Trier was, I think, an early commit. They've got Ray Smith, who's a a wing player, and Chance Comenci is going to be their big guy who I'm not overly impressed with, but he'll probably be a guy that'll be around for a few years. Where you've got Scalabissier, who's the number one player in the class, Isaiah Briscoe, the number one point guard in the class, and then some good role players. I I just think Kentucky's class is probably better. Uh, The rest of the list, Cal comes in at number four with Jalen Brown and Ivan Rabb. LSU number five with only a three-man class, but Ben Simmons and Tony O'Blankney. then you, you go to number nine for Louisville, which I think Louisville's going to be a lot higher ranked on some other services. Uh, Bossy not as high on Donovan Mitchell and Dang Adele, and, and uh, certainly not as uh, on Raymond Spalding, but I'm not very high on Raymond Spalding. Anyways, Trevor, if Louisville ranks in at number nine, you happy with that class? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm content with that class, and I'm content with the recruits. I am kind of surprised. I look over the list as you talk. Not surprised that Kentucky's in the top 20, but surprised a little bit that there are, what, five SEC teams in the top 20, including three in the top 11, if I'm not mistaken, or at least the top uh, 13 or 14 with Auburn coming in. In the top 20 as well, Florida, obviously LSU, and then uh, Texas A&M at number seven. 
yeah, Texas A&M quietly put together a good class, and they were probably just one other big player away from being a top-five class. Uh, it was a great recruiting cycle for the SEC. Mississippi State coming in at number 25. Now that mainly is because of Malik Newman. I think they lost a commit or two after Malik Newman committed. Uh, so that could have been better as well. Auburn and Bruce Pearl are starting to get things rolling. Florida's got a four-man class right now that's kind of your typical Billy Donovan four-man class. But that could change. None of those players have signed, and they all could end up decommitting if they wanted to. And I, and I think the majority of them have said that they will at least explore that option. If any of them do officially commit, or decommit rather, you could. I would be on the lookout for, for maybe Kentucky showing a little bit of interest there. Explain to me how Auburn is number 19. Uh, is it because one of their, their guys is a four-star Juco that doesn't have a ranking? Because the only two that have rankings on there are 69 and 71. And that just seems not like the most impressive duo to make a top 20 list. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it more right now. Uh, first off, having five commits is, a, is going to help. And they're all three stars. Or I'm assuming the two guys, 69 and 71, are at least maybe three stars in that area. And the other and two, those other three guys is a four star and two three stars, just um, unranked apparently. But you got to imagine the JUCO four star would probably be a top seventy guy, and then the, you know obviously the two three stars aren't ranked, but they I don't know much about them. Yeah. I'm looking at Bryce Brown and New Williams. I, I I don't know anything about those guys, but you got to imagine that they maybe are on the fringe of the one fifty, maybe top two hundred players. Um, and again, a five-man class is is generally going to get ranked unless you just have garbage as your five guys. Opposed to uh, Kansas, which is 15 and basically has one guy because of it, Chuck Diallo. The other guy's well, ranked Ch- 217th. No, that's a typo. Uh, oh, okay, good. I Carl- was going to say Carlton, Carlton Bragg's a five-star. Uh, I thought I heard not, of him. <laughs> he's not ranked 217th. Um, I, I, a lot of people have been um, complaining about that to rivals and this and that. It's it's funny thing if they don't get Czech Diallo, and that wasn't necessarily a, a huge surprise. I think it came down to Kentucky and Kansas. But if they don't get Czech Diallo, they've got a one-man class with one five-star that maybe doesn't come in the top 25, if not certainly the back half of it. And people want to talk about Kentucky and how different, that's the word that you Louisville for fans, Trevor, like to use, how different this class was for for John Calipari in Kentucky. Look at Bill Self, who's been right there, toe going tit for tat with John Calipari in recruiting, and that's a really bad class for him. Uh, again, they don't need as many pieces. Well, they do. They did in a sense. They still need a wing player, and they still certainly need a scorer. That was a bad class for Kansas. I, I think Kentucky's is still okay. You still add pieces that are going to help you compete for a national title, likely going to be a preseason top five team, if not a top three team. You just missed on a lot of people late. Bill Self missed on almost all those same people. He missed on Jalen Brown. He missed on Steven Zimmerman. He missed on Malik Newman. He missed on Brandon Ingram. He missed on all those guys too, Trevor, except for Chuck Diallo. Swing and a miss. Where does Carlton Bragg originally ranked? Is he 17, I guess, supposedly, or 21? 21 or 17. He was a lot higher. He's kind of dropped as the rankings have gone on. And he was a guy that I thought at one time was going to commit to Kentucky. He loved Kentucky. Um, again, not saying just saying he was on the Adidas circuit. Uh, Kansas is an Adidas school. You know how that stuff goes, Trevor. But I, I thought I thought there was a good chance he was going to end up at Kentucky. He's a very offensive-minded big. He 
long and athletic, but he, he's got a bad habit of floating and hanging out on the perimeter and, and wanting to stay out there. I'm curious to see how he translates at the at the college game. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being a guy that was going to be around for for two years. Uh, he's number 21 in the class. I know you Six. don't like to badmouth your own uh, coworkers and, and Eric Bossy and his work he did with this ranking, but what's the one team on this ranking that is incorrectly ranked because they're way too high? Because they're too high. And, of course, my next question obviously will be which one is way too low. But we'll go with high first because that's always been my preference. Well, I don't know. It, it, it's it's there's a few that I think are probably too high, uh, but not not generally. You know, not by a ton of spots. Ohio State really doesn't have the sixth best class. But again, they've got five guys. All five guys are ranked, but they they don't have anybody in the top twenty, and they've only got one person in the top in the top forty. You know that just because you have a bunch of guys that are all okay to me, that's not that doesn't make for a great class. Rivals has them at number six. Uh, it, it's you know what I what I think of of a great recruiting class is where you're going to have guys that are going to come in right away and and make a significant impact. Now, uh, a lot of places don't necessarily they're not necessarily able to do that because you know there's only so many freshmen or soon to be freshmen that are going to be able to dominate uh that are going to be able to take over at that high of level so but I, I think you need to in some sense weigh it out where those guys are more important i'll say i don't think has any of those guys so you think louisville i believe that that's that <coughs> argument louisville is overranked because they have they might have four guys but none are in the top 30 i don't think i'd have ohio state probably in the top 12 or i guess maybe right around 15 louisville I, if I were to drop them, I'd probably only drop them a spot or two because I'm really high on Donovan Mitchell. I think he can be a guy that can dominate and, and play very, very well from year one. Dang Adele, maybe he'll be that role player, I think, for Louisville where he'll do some good things, not some not some great things. Raymond Spalding, I don't think he's going to do anything. Uh, the, the little white shooter is never going to do anything. So really, He's to me, it's, bound is what you're telling me. Yeah, to, to me, it's a two-man class with, with Spalding kind of just hanging on there. So I think Louisville's maybe a spot or two high, but I am really high on Donovan Mitchell, so I think he's going to be fine. UNLV's way too high. Steven Zimmerman's probably a little overrated. Derek Jones is unbelievably athletic, but that's about it. Uh, to have them at 11 is too high for me. At one point, did we start including grad transfers into uh, into these listings? Ranking them? Yeah, I mean, include. I mean, there are they are a new new player coming in. Granted, they're not a freshman, but they're still a new addition, like like the freshman that they rank in this class. Yeah, I, I mean, in all honesty, they should be considered. It's just it's maybe a separate list. Tough, maybe it, I don't know, but but it's tough because you you're only guaranteeing you're going to get them for one year, and I know that there's probably fifteen guys or. 15 or 20 guys that are on this list that are only going to play one year of college basketball. But, you know, I, I would be okay if grad transfers were ranked. And if Louisville did have Damian Lee and, and Trey Lewis on there, they're probably a top five team, maybe top four. Maybe they bump California. It'd be a good, it'd be a really, really good class. But I would, I would be okay with that. And then you wanted to know which, which teams are maybe a bit overranked. Uh, or, uh, well, you gave me your overranked. You said Ohio State underranked. Yes. 
let's see. I think Florida State at 13 should probably be higher because I'm really big on Dwayne Bacon and Malik Beasley. I think Malik Beasley is a little little underrated. Uh, so that you know, we talk about the SEC looking solid in these rankings. The ACC also looks great. I, I guess that's just not as big as a surprise. I'd probably move Florida State up into the top 10. Um, I, I'm, I am big on that. I like Florida class. State because I do love Bacon as well. And uh, Terrence Mann is the name of uh, James Earl Jones' character in Field of Dreams. Do you just love bacon because that's your nickname? Exactly. Okay. Uh, under, understandable. And then who is underranked besides that? I'm kind of going through it quickly. Uh, I'm really high on Thomas Bryant. He should have been a five-star. I think even even though Indiana's really just bringing in him uh, as somebody that's going to really be able to contribute, I'd still probably put them up at around 20 because they still have another guy that's ranked in the top 150 and then an unranked commit that is unbelievably athletic uh, and probably maybe should be ranked. I'd probably put them certainly in the top 20. I, I feel that they're probably a little underrated. I've said so many good things about IU lately, it's almost making my my the taste in my mouth. Uh, what what not, you're doing is you're setting yourself up for more ammunition for when you want to bash Tom Crean later on next year. There's no reason that IU should be bad next year. Uh, I mean, just none. We, we're running a little behind, so we need to head to commercial break. We'll talk more about that. Uh, and Captain Arctic brings up another good point that UNC MIA from this list. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. The leaves are falling all around. Time I was on my way. Thanks to you, I'm much obliged. Such a pleasant stay But now it's time for me to go But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here, second segment on 1450, the Sports Buzz, talking basketball recruiting rankings, rivals. Most of the websites have come out with their final list again i write for rivals so i may be a bit partial brun dmc sends send sent me in the 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 scout rankings that has kentucky at fourth behind duke california arizona okay i i don't think they should be behind arizona and i without a doubt don't think they should be behind california it really makes no sense to me you've, you've got the the number one player and the number 10 player, I don't think I'm taking that over the number three and number seven player. Well, and then well, one is two spots ranked behind the one, and the other is three spots ahead of the 10, so wouldn't that almost even each other but, out? But, but, and if you want to say it evens each other out, that's okay, but I think the number one player carries a little more weight, don't you? Yeah, I mean, that's why they're number one. But even then, Charles Matthews is number 48, California's next player comes in at number 73. Again, Tyson Jolly, I don't know much about him. Um, it, and, and we we do, and Kentucky fans as a whole, forget about Charles Matthews way too much. 
And that, and that's just the way he likes it. So I think it, this is a good thing for him. But everyone wants to talk about filling that other spot and finding another player. And I don't disagree that UK needs another body. Jamal Murray to UK would be the ideal fit if you're a Kentucky fan because I think he could be unbelievably good. But Charles Matthews is going to do good things, especially if people keep sleeping on him and don't have high expectations. He's already going to be one of the better defenders on UK's team, on a team that's going to be significantly better defensively than they were last year. Significantly. So he's going to be one of the better defenders on that team. Offensively, he went from averaging maybe 15 or 16 points his junior year to close to 24 his senior year, which is a very significant jump, a jump on a very, very good good team in Chicago playing against some of the most elite competition in high school basketball. Had countless, well, not countless because you could count them, but he had three or four 40-point games or maybe four or five. So scoring's come a long way. Now I'm not saying I'm not ready to say that that's going to translate to the next level. We'll have to see. He's not maybe as aggressive as he should be, but I'm sure that'll be taught in practice, especially when you're going against Isaiah Briscoe and, and Tyler Eulis, who are guys that talk a little trash, and you're having to score over Scalabissier and Marcus Lee. So I think I think offensively that will come and and you ask any college coach in America they would rather have a guy that's defensive ready from day 1 than offensive ready because they they feel more comfortable teaching offense defense is a little tougher to teach sometimes defense either you've got a Trevor or you don't so i feel a lot of people are sleeping on Charles Matthews uh he's number 48 at one time he was a five star in this class and then it was around this time last year where he started to see a significant drop in the rankings fell back to number 58. Well, he was injured for that summer, and he tried to play on it. So he, he would play in games and, and, and play off the ball, which is how he's going to play in college, but would kind of take himself out of play so people would go to watch him and go, oh, he didn't really do too much. Well, he was injured. And the competitor in him felt the need to play and be on the floor. So if I were to rank him, I would probably put him right around 30 to 35. I still wouldn't make him a five-star, but I would make him higher, and I think Kentucky fans are just completely forgetting about him. But again, if you want to add another player, if you can get Jamal Murray or you can get LeGerald, I think I think you should. And, and that's another interesting thing, Trevor, that we, that we haven't talked about throughout this recruiting cycle. I just kind of went on a rant about how Kansas's recruiting class is not nearly as good uh, as it should have been as it could have been. Nobody's making a big stink about it. Bill Self missed out on everybody too. But you don't see UNC on this list. And at the surface, you'd probably say, well, yeah, they're going to have probably the number one team in the country. They're going to be really good. True. But if they would have added just one more elite player, one five-star, even a four-star, it'd make them that much better. But people didn't go there because of a crowded roster, Trevor. They went there because of what's going to happen to UNC in these allegations. <laughs> We've already seen what's going to happen. It's allegations. It's North Carolina, people. Nothing's going to happen to them unless it's a football team. Something's going to happen. Yeah, the football team's going to get repunished for something the basketball team probably did. And I'm not so convinced that they're not going to 
to get a postseason ban, which would be hilarious. I mean, that would really, if the NCAA wants to do something, that's what they should do. How many people did North Carolina bring? They only brought in, I guess, what, two recruits on this on this class? Is that what you're seeing? I don't have it pulled up. I just, yeah, I just pulled up that. I'm just seeing Kenny Williams and Luke May. Only two I forgot about Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams actually is a pretty good player. Um, I had forgotten about him. But, uh, so that, that that will help UNC. Certainly from a, from a depth perspective, Luke May is... Three-star. He, yeah, he's. I've actually seen some of some of him. I don't. I don't expect him to do much. He doesn't look like but, much. But nobody again. It just and I, in Kentucky, I, they. It's it's funny how Kentucky basketball how it just kind of dominates the news cycles. Everybody talked about John Calipari's letter about the platooning. And this is in May. This is virtually the heart of baseball season. NBA playoffs, hockey for Rob Blackhawk. Well, two of those three, no one cares about. And it's true. Uh, we'll let you decide. We'll let the public decide which two of the three is is, is the one they don't care about. NFL draft, which gets, I mean, an unbelievable amount of attention. And I think it's lowest ratings I saw on Twitter or something earlier today. Good, good. Let's continue. No, everybody, stop watching it because twenty nine percent down from last year. Wow, that's significant. That's that's big. Uh, I hate it. I hate the fact it's three days now. I miss the days. One, I hate the fact they moved it because it used to be tradition that I would. It always came around Thunder and my birthday around the same time. It was almost tradition that I would wake up on if my birthday landed on a Saturday or Sunday. I could spend my entire birthday watching NBA playoffs and NFL draft all day. Loved it. The fact they moved it back. It made it three days. I know they moved it three days because of the prime time reasons. I get the, the the purpose of it, but it's still. You know me, TJ. I'm kind of old school traditionalist, and and while I accept some of the changes nowadays with some of the things, that's one thing I'll accept it. But I still don't mean I have to like it, and I, I don't like the fact that it's three days now and they stretch it out like that. I, I liked it better when it was all day Saturday, all day Sunday. May have took it a little longer, maybe a little more tedious, but you know what? It was better to watch for me. I kind of do. If I'm going to watch any of it, I kind of like it being on a Thursday night because it's a reason for my friends and me to go grab a beer. Tech, you need a reason for that. No, well, when you get to be 24 and all your friends are 25 and 26, and a few of them, sadly, are are, are married, you do sometimes need a reason. But that, but if it's going to keep falling on Derby weekend, which I don't know if it's going to, then that's gen, that's going to be Derby every day, every time. And at that point, I'm probably already having some beer. So, and the only day they put up against Derby though was the rounds four through seven, which is kind of their throwaway rounds anyway. It's not the rounds they're really expecting to grab major TV ratings. The 29 percent down from last year wasn't just for Saturday or even Friday. It was for Thursday. It was for first round viewership, and that's not that's not that's what they don't want to be hit in. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that it's down. But anyways, the the point stands that. People are still talking about Kentucky basketball a month after the season's ended, uh, and, and I think that kind of just says a lot about how big Kentucky basketball is, and, and, and maybe it's not liked. Maybe people aren't talking about them or saying positive things, and uh, with John Calipari missing out on everybody, they're not. But it's still, it's still kind of just funny to me. That wasn't the case before Calipari got there uh, at any point, maybe ever. Because, you know, news back when the Patino era was different. 
than it is now. Well, yes, yeah, so the so social media was completely different. It was a completely different culture. Things have changed so much, even in, even in the last ten years, opposed to twenty years ago when Patino was there. Yates texted in and says, "If your reason for getting a beer is the draft, you don't really need a reason." I'm not saying I I'm not saying that I have to have an excuse, but to get five or six or seven or eight of our friends together to go eat some wings and drink some beer and play some pool somewhere. Uh, the draft is a good excuse. We don't always need an excuse, but I kind of like it on a Thursday that way. It, 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 it's something to do and watch some Kentucky and Louisville players possibly get drafted in the first round. They don't, they don't have a cool girlfriend like you do. that let you go out all the time. They have to have, they have to give excuses to their, their significant others is what you're saying. See, I get what you were doing there, and I it, and it's a it's a thoughtful gesture, and it's true. It's not it's not not true, but I kind of just wanted to stay away from it, Trevor, because now she's going to be like, "See, I do let you go out, and 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 everybody has noticed it, so maybe we should have some more nights not going out." I'm sorry to do it. I'll tell you what. I'll change the subject. Did you see the messy goal just happened a little while ago? That was a sick goal. I did turn that game. I did turn that match. They're not games. Soccer people don't like it. Uh, they, but I did turn it on. And it's over. Looks like Barcelona beat Bayern Munich three nil, and I assume that's going to go to the Champions League final. I would think. I, I'm not. I, I know they play two games. Oh, I couldn't I tell you that. that. I just saw everyone's talking about Messi on Twitter, and I noticed someone put the goal up where he broke some poor kid's ankles and then, or some poor guy's ankles, and then did a little. Uh, I don't know what's the exact definition. You're the play-by-play guy for soccer, but a little uh, kind of. I know. I don't. The kind of kick where he just kind of floats up just a little bit enough to go over the goalie's head and kind of fall right into the goal. I it it, it I don't think this is actually the technical term for it, but one time I, I was playing in a soccer league, and this was my senior high school and it was indoor league, and I'm not I'm semi athletic, but basketball is probably my best like real sport. Um, but I always like playing soccer and I always like playing baseball, and those are easily my two worst sports. So we were playing soccer, and I played goalie, and we were playing against this team that was just unreal. They they all had beer bellies, uh, but and, and and were in their forties and fifties. But you can tell they just been playing soccer their entire lives, and it's an indoor league, so you don't have to be in the in the best of shape. And I'm playing goalie, and this little he's like five 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 six coming right at me. And I, I decided I'm probably just going to die for the ball here in a second. And then he f- brings the ball back, so I, he baits me out. I go to get it. He flicks it over his back and then over my head, and it's and it goes in the goal. Um, and they the, the the kids then called it a rainbow. I could see that, yeah, a, a flick, so, almost like it's like what he did was his, he flicked it the ball, and it flicked so right that, over. That was painful. Well, now you know how the poor guy that just got scored on by Messier, or a little earlier got scored on by Messier feels. And a text in the show and says we should go on a date this weekend. <laughs> yes, thanks me a lot. Or you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks a lot, Trevor. You, you want to make her appreciate what she has? Send me instead. It's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She'll be back home by the end of the night, just kissing your feet and thanking, wanting to rub your back. Uh, well, let, let the record show we did go on a date. We went on this great steamboat race last Wednesday. And that was fun. That was actually a good time. Uh, we we enjoyed ourselves, and it was all you can drink, uh, which you know you don't need a you know not that not that that made the date, 
but it was it was nice. Uh, we need to head to another commercial break. I want to remind you all, though, that the Sports Talker and this show is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentuckiana's first and only electrician dedicated to residential repairs. They'll come to your house if you live in, in Louisville or, or, or southern Indiana. Uh, give them a call at 636-HELP for any electrical service. Alan Electric, he's a family friend of ours. He's uh, The job they do from the top to the bottom uh, is, is the best in town when it comes to electrical work. They'll never leave you in the dark. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I don't know how this guy keeps his mind on baseball with all the paternity suits and all. I think those are parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. We're back Sports Buzz. Let me get to a few tweets before I get to some maybe minor breaking news, although it got me a lot more excited when I saw it. Uh, and then ended up being a bit underwhelming. Trevor, that's when you're supposed to say that's what she said. That's what she said. There you go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Captain Arctic says, take it from the voice of experience. Don't let it go too long between date nights. I'm a good boyfriend. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, Brun DMC says, Florida's been collecting info on potential successors for Billy Donovan since February. We'll talk more about that. We're probably going to wait. Till after the five o'clock break to get into that because that could be a longer segment, but interesting and not surprising. I, I think it's been very clear that Billy Donovan, after he lost all that talent this past season, not this past season, but the season before when they made it to the final four, it was likely that if a good NBA job opened up, it wouldn't be shocking if he left. Uh, Captain Arctic also wants to get into Clay B116's tweeting habits. If you're not all already following Clay B116, you should. Uh, he's a real goofball. I think that's the best way to put it. So, okay, I think we're all caught up there. The breaking news that I, I had to <clears throat> was looking. I, I, no, I was looking all over the place for where I wanted to where I wanted to go. My my eyes were moving quicker than my brain for a second. Uh, that actually probably happens a lot. All right, so the Courier-Journal tweeted out that Kentucky Derby racing officials, Trevor, are going to be looking into American Pharaoh and jockeys Victor Espinoza's tactics using the whip on American Pharaoh, uh, which at the surface, when you see that headline, you think, oh, wow, something must have happened. And then which jockey was it maybe 10 to 15 years ago that was using that a little electric zap or electric whip? Uh, that I do not remember. I, I remember that like being electric. A, like a prod, like a cow prod. He was using on the horse. Yeah, he, he was on the horse, and he had a, a cow prong. He had a taser. 
He was he was tasing the horse. Are you being now, sarcastic it, to me? I am. It was something small. It was a little device that just gave the horse supposedly a little bit of a shock. I can't remember that story. Uh, maybe I'll look it up. Probably won't, though. So the headline of that looks like it could be something juicy that, oh, my gosh, could American Pharaoh lose his derby crown? Could we already be out of the triple crown race before the breakness even happens? Uh, as I, I read the article during the break, much ado about nothing because uh, it basically – Even if he's disqualified, that would mean the triple crown would still be alive because in the line of fire, I think is who came in second, would be identified as the winner, and then he would have the opportunity, I would assume, to go for the triple crown. Would it not be like that? I don't – it's uh, – you thinking a firing line? Firing line, yeah. I knew it was something like that, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if the derby, if the first place ends up – a week later after you know the in the NCAA when they vacate a game uh, it doesn't give the other, other team a win so i don't True. know if if uh, american pharaoh in this hypothetical it's not going to happen but if, if if a derby champion hypothetically was disqualified a, a week later i don't know if that would make the next horse the derby champion i don't know it's a good question that's something we we should ask somebody that uh, knows horse racing a little bit better than we do i'll text dj Anyways, the, 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 the gist of the article was some people were concerned that he was whipping the horse too much in the final stretch. Uh, they said they watched the video, he whipped him 32 times, which they said isn't, isn't a crazy amount, maybe more than average, but nothing, nothing ridiculous. Uh, and then I also learned that in California they have a rule where you can only whip three times and then you have to take a, a break to see what your horse does or how it responds to the whipping before you can go back and whip again. Uh, those are California rules, not Kentucky racing rules, so that doesn't apply there. Ultimately, it was nothing. But That would be a difficult job to, to be on. I mean, you walk, especially during a, a race. I mean, it's like a five-horse race. I guess it would be easier, and I'm assuming they would hire or employ an intern of some kind to – specifically do that job but that would be difficult to have to i mean you're watching a race and you have to just focus on one jockey to see how many times he whips a horse it, well it, it, you I mean, know if what if he went two and then two two real quick i mean is that illegal i mean would you disqualify him at that point if it's early in the uh, that's this seems like a kind of a difficult rule to enforce well with the exception of out of the gate horses aren't whipped until the final turn normally and yeah normally and and in a big race like the Derby, you know every horse has a camera on it. So I don't think it'd be as hard as you're thinking, but it still wouldn't be a fun job to do. Uh, and at the risk of, you know, getting PETA on my back, Trevor, and getting blood dumped on me, uh, are we going to get overly sensitive about whipping of the horses? Because I'm not, I'm not, I, I think there should be some boundaries, but 32 whips in a span of how long is it from the turn to the finish line at Churchill? I don't know. A mile and a quarter, I think something like that. Well, that's, that's, that's the entire race. Okay. So, I mean, we are talking about a, a, a human being, which is the size of an, a size of a, you know, a middle school child hitting a four ton animal with a whip that I, I, I mean, I'm sure it would sting the horse in some way, but I can't imagine it would abuse the horse. We're not talking like Adrian Peterson punishing his kid here. No, we're not. And, and I, I really hope 
this doesn't turn into a big thing. I hope this story doesn't get traction. No one peanut it turns, will. And it, and it turns into an issue where horse whipping needs to be very monitored to crazy extremes. Uh, again, if, if a if a jockey is just going ballistic on a horse and abusing it, then okay, that that shouldn't be allowed. But if, if if unless it looks normal, and they said that they watched the race afterwards, they 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 key they they keyed in on his whipping motions. If nothing really jumps out at you, or at worst, you go, yeah, it looks like he rode him pretty hard, but you know, That's it's the derby. It, it's the it's the derby. Then I don't get the you know who cares. I hope it doesn't. I hope this doesn't turn into a big thing. I'm sure even if it, if, if the the organization of PETA, which listen for precursor, I am completely against animal cruelty. I love dogs, cats. I've got, but sometimes PETA does take it a little over extreme in their care for wanting to protecting of animals, and sometimes accuse the wrong people of the wrong times. But they need to learn to pick and choose their battles. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't uh, intervene in some way about this. But does it pick up steam? I would seriously doubt it. Unfortunately, horse racing it's not still it's not the level of popularity enough still at this point in its in its life to collect the steam that PETA wants it to collect. And and, uh, PETA's against horse racing altogether. Of course, which if you have a good if you have a good horse, uh, you know any almost any thoroughbred that horse is going to live a better life than almost any pet in the world. The exception of being shot because it broke its leg. Every horse in that derby has a better life than me. Well, if it, <laughs> I wasn't going to go as far as every, you know, I'm sure there's probably several humans across the world, and this is actually really sad, where a horse has a significantly better life. Uh, it gets fed, trained, massages. Gets the stud any, at age four. And it gets, yeah, it lives a life where all you do is eat and get to chase girls around. Girls are brought to you, really. Uh, that and that's not all horses, but some horses live an unbelievably good life. So I, I just I, 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 now I'm going to be scared to go on our next remote because I'm, I'm scared Peta's going to sneak up on us, Trevor, and throw blood at us. I went to the um, the, the only time I got to see Michael Vick play, and I went to the Rams uh, Eagles season opener a few years back, and of course there was a small protest there for uh, Michael Vick and. I went with my uncle who uh, thought it was funny, amusing. I'll have to send you this picture at one point if I can find it. With me standing in my Michael Vick jersey with the uh, the kind of mocking the uh, the six people that showed up there. Not that they don't – I'm not mocking their cause, but I was mocking them for what they were there for to support. And, uh, I could see that kind of coming about again at your next remote, about four or five uh, PETA people showing up to boycott. hope it doesn't affect Allen Electric. No, that's. I'm. I'm I, I. I don't think it will. Again, I'm not. I'm, I'm not adver- advocating animal cruelty, and I'm not saying that you don't walk uh, around in fur coats. Is what you're saying? I, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that horses should be uh, whipped just to exhaustion. I, but I'm saying that if unless it looks bad, it's probably not really that bad. Uh, and it, and Captain Arctic says, well, it's the horses outside of Derby where it gets really ugly. That that's not all necessarily true either. And I know some horses turn into glue or jello or whatever it may be. But and you know that's unfortunate. But I think horses as uh, an animal in America probably gets better treatment than anything that's not a cat or a dog. 
By the way, you want to talk about cruelty? On, go look at go look up dog racing, greyhound racing. Now that's cruelty. Yeah, I, I've I've, un- they, I've they, even the best greyhound racing dogs don't even get the same great treatments that horses do. So that's as I once said in a, a in a uh, a piece or a uh, paper I turned in in college. Uh, horse racing is the sport of champions. Greyhound racing is the sport of peasants. Have you ever bet on a greyhound race? No, do not support greyhound racing at all. Well, I, I was in Florida, I guess this was probably 10 years ago and we went and man, it's, it's depressing. Yeah. They cage those things. I mean, they, they're treated like scum and it's, it's not, it's not a fair horse racing. I'll defend because as we just discussed, I mean, granted, yes, not every horse is treated like a King, but I mean, you're talking about a large investment when you're getting the horse racing, you're investing in things. I mean, you're, you're investing a large chunk of money, whether it means nothing to you or not in, in an animal and in an investment. So you're not going to, you know, treat it like garbage. Dog racing is a little different. It's not the investment doesn't come anywhere near the horse racing investment because it's so much easier to cage a dog and to treat it kind of crappy, and they take advantage of that. I agree with you 100% there, Trevor. Uh, we're going to head to commercial break. We'll have just one more, and we'll come back for one long segment of the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. <laughs> We're back here, one final segment on 1450 the sports buzz remember alan electric is he's the guy behind this show think of him empowering the show trevor we need an electrician to make this show bright he was the one that did it 636 help residential repairs kentuckiana they've got everybody that will come out to your house will have an electrical license and they'll never leave you in the dark some let's UK UVL baseball tonight, Trevor. Uh, that is the the season series ends tonight. Unless of course they meet in the NCAA tournament like they did last year. Louisville, number two team in the country, just absolutely rolling through the ACC. These teams played a week ago, and Louisville came back in the ninth to tie the game. Ended up winning in the tenth. Kentucky has had some trouble closing out games this year and, and did it against the Cardinals. Uh, we, we won't spend too much time talking about that baseball game, but it, it would be a very significant win if Kentucky could get a, a resume-building win. How is Kentucky's baseball season looking, TJ? I haven't really uh, followed them as much. Oh, it's 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 been okay. Uh, the SEC is unbelievable. I always say this, when it comes to SEC sports, 
really SEC sports are just dominant at everything with the exception of basketball. But I, I think SEC baseball is the best, even better than SEC football. And SEC softball is up there, too. I, I thought I was reading a typo, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me right now. But when last Sunday we were at brunch with some people and uh, UK softball was about to come on TV, their, their game against Tennessee – and it said that UK softball is ranked number 21. And they went to the the the, the Women's College World Series last year. Uh, so they're a good team. They're returning a lot of pieces. They are ranked 21st. I thought, okay, that makes sense. They were, I think, 4-12 and 12 in SEC play, Trevor. They were 12th in the conference. They were the last team to make the SEC tournament for softball. And they were ranked 21st in the country. So I think that should go on to show you how good the SEC is at, at several sports, especially softball. But baseball is more of the same. It's just incredibly loaded. Uh, so Kentucky's hanging in there. And no one want, no one really wants to hear us talk Louisville baseball, but I will say this. As good as Louisville has been this year, number two in the country, as you mentioned, they've got a four-game schedule ahead of them, including starting with tonight against at Kentucky, which is going to be a huge four-game stretch for them because after that they got three games against Florida State, who's ranked seventh in the country, and then all, the next four are at home though, except for Kentucky. Then they have Vanderbilt, who we uh, you know as well as I do has been somewhat of a rival of Louisville's outside of uh, ACC competition or conference competition, nonetheless. The uh, it's Louisville baseball's having a historic season, not just for Louisville standards, but for. Uh, any ACC team standards, and the ACC is not a not a bad baseball conference by any means. So this would be big for Kentucky because you could theoretically spin it this way, Trevor, that UK baseball would go two and two against Vandy, who I think is a top five team. Uh, They're unranked currently, though. Vandy's unranked. Mm-hmm. Currently unranked. At least the, 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 the schedule. I'm looking at Louisville's schedule. And they don't have a ranking next to them, which they have ranking next to everybody else. So I would assume they're currently unranked. Hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily accurate. I mean, it might. I'd have to look at. I mean, like I said, they have a, they, they have they a seventeen n- next to Cal I, State, and then they have numbers next to ACC I've, opponents. I've pulled it up. They were number six when they okay. came to Lexington this past weekend. Oh, I'm I'm seeing currently now. I guess maybe maybe they've fallen out since. So and and that Kentucky play. I kind of watched some. I, I I like Kentucky baseball. I don't talk a lot about them here. Um. Oh, I like I like college baseball because it's I think it's a little more entertaining than MLB. On the you know every game matters a little bit more, a little more offensive and, uh, as well, and more offensive. Yeah, and they, sometimes the games can last too long. That's the only bad side, uh, but that that's the same in the MLB as well. Uh, but I, I watched some of their games against Vanderbilt this past weekend, and that it was I think three to three uh, against Vandy on Friday. They end up lo- in the seventh inning. They end up losing that game thirteen to three, Trevor. And then it was three to three on Sunday against Vandy. Uh, I think they were up three to two, but three to three in the eighth, they end up losing that game seven to three. So they're having trouble closing games out. But if they were able to beat Louisville, that would mean their last four games they were two and two against uh, teams ranked in the top six. And it would have been nice if they were able to also win at Louisville because well, that would mean they were they were three and two in those games. So. Um, it's been an up and down season. I don't know if Gary Henderson's the answer for Kentucky baseball recruiting has taken a bit of a dip. He's been there. Is he the one that's been there a couple of years though? Correct. He has been. Uh, he's been there for a while. Uh, he was. 
Um, he replaced John Cohen, who left Kentucky to go to Mississippi State. But I Cohen interviewed was, him once. I remember him. Cohen was the was the guy at Kentucky that led them to an SEC championship. Um, was he really was getting the ball rolling there? But I think he went to Mississippi State, or uh, maybe was from. Uh, he he went to Mississippi State, so uh, went back home. So you can't really blame him. But Gary Henderson's had some up and downs. He's had some really really good players, uh, but not really too much to show for it. I'm not even sure he's been to a super regional, um, and the, and they're on the bubble this year. So this is a big game tonight for for Kentucky. Uh, some other UK news: Michaela Epps of the women's basketball team is suspended. She'll be suspended at least a game, but she's curling, currently suspended from team activities and won't be let on the team until she's done some off-the-court things. Uh, she was cited for having an open container in a car and um, having alcohol when she's not 21 years old. Good so she doesn't go to Trinity. She was, she was Kentucky's best player, without a doubt, next season. Hope she can figure things out. We learned a little bit more about the Trinity stuff, Trevor. And this is coming from your 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 good buddy Charlie. Uh, he, he me and Charlie said, are up. We're, we're 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 good old homies from back in the day. Man, he, he Charlie he, Charlie, I, I feel his confidence a little bit down after some negative reviews on the show. Um, but we need to we need to we need to butter him back up and get him back on. Um, but so the language of this uh, of the press release of Trinity allowing random drug tests basically states that they're not looking to bust kids. They're not looking to kick kids out of school. They're not looking to ruin lives. Basically, they just want to find out what kids are, are doing it. And if you get caught, you don't get kicked out of Trinity, uh, but you probably will have to go into some programs and, and get help. They want to find kids that need help, which again, we talked about it yesterday. Trevor just seems silly to me. So little, so some, some, some. So some little uh, junior son of a bitch, Johnny, is going to have his first beer on a Thursday and have to go to a, an AA meeting because of it. It's 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 going to be they're going to be watching the Cats next year, uh, and the the dad's going to be feeling himself. UK is going to get a, a big emotional win, and he's going to want to share his first beer with his son. <laughs> and then there's going to be a random drug test the next day. And poor Johnny's in rehab. Next thing we know. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's silly. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to again test for heroin, <laughs> cocaine. If if a high school kid's getting his hand on heroin, trust me, he's he needs obviously help, and it's going to stick out. A drug test probably won't be required to realize that he's on heroin. I just don't. I I, I just don't think it's a, necessarily a great idea to. What's the uh, great line that I think I've used in an open before here from uh, Anchorman? Was my favorite lines when the. Uh, the boss is on the phone, and uh, Christina Applegate walks in, and he tells her, he goes, oh, it's nothing. Uh, one of my kids was on something called acid, and he was just shooting a bow and arrow <laughs> into the air. You know how kids are. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, you haven't used that, that, that sound clip yet. I've, I've, I have used that sound clip on one of your opens. I just didn't use it today. I went with diversity, one another one of my favorite lines from Anchorman. I didn't know. Uh, I'm also being texted that UK baseball tonight one dollar hot dogs, Ooh. and the first thousand fans get a Abe an Abe Lincoln T shirt because it's an Abe out. Um, Is it his birthday? I thought that was in February. 
No, the Kentucky Athletics have, have done some Abe outs before. I don't know why. I, it, it is, it, you know, I would like a, an Abe T-shirt, an Abe UK T-shirt. But um, I don't get the I, I don't get the correlation. But the the dollar hot dogs is pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's you had me at hot dog. So listening in Lexington or Louisville, if you're in Louisville, you better get in your car now and head on up there. First pitch is at six thirty, but. Yeah, so they, they've got they've got some special deals out there for the Kentucky Louisville baseball game. Um, another around the SEC, Andy Kennedy gets an extension at Ole Miss. Are they like just throwing money away down there, Trevor? Oh, uh, I, I guess he's done a good job. I mean, Andy Kennedy is what he is. Easy. He's not going to make you a powerhouse. He's not going to probably allow you to become a cellar dweller. He's going to keep you in purgatory. He's like the unchristened kids of the Catholic religion. That's what he is as a coach. He just like hovers I, in purgatory. I feel like I've like been on a seesaw when it comes to Andy Kennedy and whether he should be at Ole Miss or not. Um, I do feel bad for him. I was at the Ole Miss-Louisville game in Cincinnati. Uh, me and Rob Jones went to the game. His media credentials. And if you remember correctly, that was the game that happened. Unfortunately, that was one where uh, I think his name was Chris Wallace. Their, their star guard like broke his leg in two pieces at the end of a game, which he probably didn't need to be in the game because it was a blowout. But it was the night before was the Andy Candy disaster in Cincinnati with the cab driver. Yeah, I was gonna say, why do you why, why do you feel bad about? Because in the post game, there was somebody in the press conference with us who, I mean, he didn't. I, you, me, and Rob probably looked like we didn't belong there. And but this guy looked like he it was. I mean, something out of a TMZ reject, and he just would not leave Kennedy alone about it. I mean, he he, he opened the. The press conference with the, asking him about the incident, Kenny, as any other coach would do, you know, kind of brushed it off and said, you know, well, there's no comment, this and that, nothing to be surprised about. But this guy would not let it. I mean, he, I think he asked him at least three or four follow up questions in regards to it until someone finally asked him to leave, and then kind of escorted him out of there. And you can just tell how Andy Kenny just looks so uncomfortable, knowing what had just happened the night before. He just got blown out by Louisville, and then he, on top of it, as I mentioned, he lost his best player. To probably for the season at the end of a game that probably didn't need to have him on the floor because he was getting blown out to begin with. It's kind of a uh, about one of those ultimate bad days or bad two days experiences for Andy Kennedy. Felt a little bad for him. Yeah, I, I think could. it was Chris Warren. I think was the guard's name. I'm drawing. I think that's who it was. They had a they had a Chris Warren there. I don't remember if that was the guy that broke his leg. Um, they seemed to have a couple Warrens there. Um, but here's the. Here's the thing: is is Andy Kennedy the best Ole Miss basketball can do, and that's the big question. Uh, if you think that going to the NCAA tournament every now and then, really not every now and then, just two of the last three years, and then the the, the six years before, then he didn't go to the tournament. But if going to the NCAA tournament, two of the how long has he been there? Since oh six oh seven. So so nine years if or eight years our nine, nine years going only two times you know that's not but it's not to, ideal but he went to the NIT five of his first six years does that count uh well maybe for Ole Miss it does but I don't think it should and they won over 20 games all but twice last here's, year yeah no nine here's the thing I don't think they should fire Andy Kennedy and I said that after this past season I, I don't think firing him is the right thing to do but to give him a two-year extension into 2019 seems like you're going to potentially be having a more expensive buyout. 
No. Uh, I guess. I just, I think it's more of a, <laughs> you kind of summed it up with the question you said before you said, it. is this the best Ole Miss can do? I mean, is, and maybe, yeah. I mean, it's it's like when you talk about Kentucky football, maybe the expectations have gotten a little higher, but my, when I was growing up, and this is a little <laughs> bit referencing to since Bill Curry was the coach, so expectations were obviously a lot lower than normal. But in, in most of the UK fans I knew would think, okay, if we go to a bowl game one every year, a couple of years, one every a bowl game one every other year, or every three years, we're happy. We we, we you know we'll be competitive. We, we weren't. We're not going to run you out of town. We're not going to run you out on a rail like a Joker Phillips, you know. And that's kind of like Ole Misses. You go to the tournament one every couple of years. Maybe you make a second round appearance. You know, you win at least nineteen or twenty games. You know what? We're good with that. This is this is football country. This is baseball country more than basketball, probably. We're okay with that, Andy. As long as you're not, you know, cussing out and making ethnic slurs to cab drivers on a regular basis, we're good with you. He's uh, he. They're they're getting a, a a nice new arena down there in Oxford, and, and maybe that will shoot up some juice uh, for Ole Miss fans. But you know, you look at Al- you look at Alabama. You look at their rival now, Mississippi State. They get a new coach and also land one of the best players in the country. You look at Auburn, you know, these are all football places with, with Bruce Pearl, even Tennessee. I know they're probably some salt in the wounds with Quanzo Martin and how well he's doing a cow recruiting at least. Uh, so they, you know, they care about basketball there too. You look at all these other football programs in the SEC that at least have some life at this moment here in May, uh, months and months before the season even starts. But these programs have some life. And I just feel Ole Miss doesn't. Since 1939, when the tournament began, Ole Miss, can you name me how many tournaments Ole Miss has been to since 1939? I would guess five or six. You're close, seven. They went 1981, seven. then Rick Barnes, or I'm sorry, Rob Evans took them to three straight between 97 and 99. Barnes went to back-to-back in 01 and 02, and they didn't return again until 2013 under Andy Kennedy. So, yes, going to the tournament once every three years, I think is probably – We'll get you a hero's welcome in Ole Miss basketball. Uh, I think he's probably got to do a little bit more, especially, like I said, with all that other stuff going on. And also, I don't know when they're getting that new arena. It could be this year, um, maybe the next year. But you get a new coach, a, a, a hot, young hire, somebody that gets the fans excited, maybe somebody that you know wins a few tournament games, um, maybe the, 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 the Hunter guy from, from Georgia. You know, you, you get somebody that has some buzz around him. You get that new arena. Ole Miss, I've been to a few Kentucky Ole Miss games down in Oxford, and it's it's a fun environment. You know, they're a rowdy fan base. It's and, literally and right it is, on campus. It's one place like Entourage. You're not going to find a whole lot of ugly people, ugly women. That's You're right about that. Maybe that's where they filmed Entourage. <laughs> no, they, they, there's just no place in the world unless there's some utopia, unless there's some dictator that chooses a, a city who can live there and who can't live there. Uh, you know, maybe there's somewhere. You just in- described a oh, a, 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 a whiskey a strip in Los Angeles, a, a club. That's what you just described—a bouncer at a club. Yeah, but imagine imagine an entire city though, like a club with a bouncer at the city uh, at the city line saying who can come in and who can't. That would be hilarious. That's what that's what Entourage tries to do, and it's it it, it really bothers me when watching it because it's not it's not realistic. I, I love the fact of everything that goes on on trust. That is the one thing you point out is unrealistic. Well, that's the most unrealistic thing because it happens throughout the entire season. 
there's so many other things in the, shows you can watch and go, there's no way that one person could do that. Or no, there's no way Adrian, one guy is doing what Adrian Greener does or what E does. I mean, come on, it's E. He's, he's an entourage member. You tell me he's going to hit hook up with Emmanuel Sharik being an entourage a hanger on. Come on. Those, these are things that I look as unrealistic as much as there being no ugly people in entourage world. It's yeah, entourage world. That's why they're all pretty looking. If somebody has a what about turtle? Turtle's pretty ugly. Does he count? He's he's really not even that ugly, and he and he he's a he's a decent looking person. And I'm not saying there are some unattractive males. Some not as many as there should be, but it. You mentioned that there's some other unrealistic things. Sure, maybe one episode has something where you go, oh well, that's silly, that's stupid. But this is in every episode at every moment. Every second that they're filming, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna test your hypothesis. I'm gonna go. I haven't watched Entourage since it ended, and I wouldn't mind rewatching it before the movie comes out. Which when does the movie come out? Off the top of your head, do you know? I think it's in this summer. Okay, because that that and dress the new Jurassic Park are definitely on my uh, to do list of actually going back to the theater for the first time in a long time to see a movie. I might have to rewatch Entourage. I'm gonna test your hypothesis, and I'm gonna look for an ugly person or someone who's maybe considered not attractive, and I'm gonna see if I can prove you wrong. I, I'm not again. I'm I, there. I'm sure there may be one or two, uh, but there are not a lot throughout the series. I mean, less than two percent of everybody you see. There's got to be like a, a guy working their cash register at the liquor store they go to or something. Again, <laughs> keep keep it mostly. It's coming June third, uh, but okay. keep it mostly focused on girls. Um, I wanted to talk some more Billy Donovan. We'll have to save that for tomorrow. Some more high school news, Trevor. Yes, Saint X, Saint X High School changing the X's on their football helmet and um it's a tradition it's just an X. It's as simple as an X could be. I do now like their I like that better than the thing that Trinity puts on theirs. I don't know why they don't use a T. They have like the hand holding a mushroom thing. It's not that. It's it's a mushroom and it's got a bunch of words on it. I agree with you. It's not I, I don't really like Trinity. Okay, we're gonna either. drug test a Trinity, then we're gonna put a shroom on our helmet. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh but Saint X is going with their traditional actual logo it's the same x logo that has the x and then the cross in the middle um there were some reports yesterday that it one side of the helmet was going to be a, a green x with a yellow cross and the other side was going to be a yellow cross and that really bugged me because i think that was the stupidest thing you could do uh, but it turns out today that that's not the case it's just going to be a green x with a yellow cross on both sides a bunch of the old Sanex football players they don't like it you don't want to mess with tradition Mike Glazer tweeted out something, the, the football coach that was the head coach for 30, 40 years, saying that that's not the X, that is a tradition unequaled. I don't think it's that big of a deal because it's actually, they're now putting St. X's real logo on it. Um, I guess I could understand why St. X football former players are upset about it. Uh, but just a, a, little, a little switch up, a little change. Um, UK also changed their UK logo, and I, I think I forgot to talk about it. Um, supposedly, I'm giving up on trying to hang on to the tradition of uh, traditional logos and jerseys amongst sports teams now. With the way, because kids want flashy and corny and weird looking, and it's just it's a, it's an uphill battle. It's probably not worth fighting for us old school people. Do you think the uh, the X with the cross on it's flashy, sexy, and <laughs> <laughs> it, but, yes, I think I would see it in an entourage crowd. Is what I it was what you're asking? Yes, I think I think I could see E walking around wearing the same X helmet. I, I guarantee what it was, and we're really running out of time, but I bet there's a, a brothers live on St. X's campus. Uh, brothers as in, you know, 
people that work in the church. <laughs> I live in, live in the church, and I, I guess I guarantee one was talking to the president, saying X, and saying, "Hey, I was just thinking about it. We don't have a, a cross. We're you know we're we're a, a private Catholic institution. We don't have a cross." Uh, so I'm sure that you're called Saint Xavier for God's sakes. No, I'm sorry for to be offensive by using that <laughs> term, but come on. <laughs> so we are uh, we're out of time. We're a little over time. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. It's a full week of the sports talker, so it, I, I don't even know what to do with myself. We'll be back. Thanks for listening. 1450 The Sports Buzz. See you then.